Hey, Promisers, thrilled to be with you this weekend. We miss you. We love you so much. I wish every Promiser could be with us here in Israel. It is an unbelievable bucket list trip. We'll be bringing another group in October of 2018. I just wish you could be with us. We're in Solomon's Chariot City, and it is an unbelievable place. As you look over my shoulder, you see Mount Carmel, which we're going to be talking about today, where the fire of God fell. Behind us that you're going to be seeing is the Valley of Armageddon, where the final battle will be fought. Every great battle that was fought against Israel for thousands of years went through the valley that you see called Armageddon. And so it's unbelievable to be here. It's, it's extraordinary. You know, since I was saved 35 years ago, I fell in love with the subject of revival because revival is about the fire of God. It's literally about the presence of God. So for over 30 years, I've studied it, I've prayed for it, I've experienced it, I've been around it. it it's, a, it's a manifestation of the glory and the fire, the power, I'm gonna use those interchangeable of God, a manifestation of the limitless God that we serve. And it happened right here. So this is a perfect place to talk about the fire of God because right there, the fire of God fell as Elijah the prophet prayed for God to move. And I don't know about you, but I want God to explode on the scene at Faith Promise in every campus, in every heart, and in every home. The glory, the manifest presence of heaven on us, not church as usual, not life as usual, but a Holy Ghost, heaven sent experience of the mysterium tremendum of the presence of a triune God. That's what I pray for me and for you, that God would explode on the scene like a volcano. When the lava flows out of a volcano, it changes the culture and the contours of a life, of a church, of a city, of a nation, like it did when the fire of God fell here so long ago. I believe that the glory of God can sweep thousands of our friends and family into the kingdom of God so quick that it would boggle our minds. Remember, we serve a God that can. Do not limit God by our small faith, our little dreams, because our God is able. So that's what we're looking for. God. We're believing that you are going to sweep through every one of us. We believe that you are going to explode on every, at every campus and at every heart with the fire, the purifying, igniting blaze of God that you would turn us into a bonfire that the angels will see from heaven. So God, we're believing in this series that you are going to move like never before. Light us up, ignite us is our prayer in Jesus' name. Come on, every campus. Does somebody want something? Some of the presence of God. Come on, give him a shout, man. Let me hear you. Let heaven hear us that we're hungry for the holy. Amen. Let it be done. See, God has done it here, and God can do it right there. Faith promise becoming a movement of God. Not a church, not just an expansion, but a movement of God. A lot of people say, hey, it's too late for the church in America. It's too late for, for the America. We've gone too far. I couldn't disagree more deeply. And one of the reasons that I disagree is because of right here where we are. You can read in 1 Kings 17 and 1 Kings 18 and 19 the story in which we're talking about. But when, when the fire of God fell, Israel was far from God. 
just like America. It was, it was far from God as a nation. The nation was deeply divided, just like our country is deeply divided. Pluralism was the priority. They had multiple ways, avenues that people worship different gods in different ways and in different places. It was a politically correct culture. Many of the leaders were corrupt. Does any of this sound like you're reading the USA Today and you're watching Fox News? That's what's going on all around us. The God of Baal was the choice of the culture in this day, not Jehovah God. God had been for many forsaken, the temple forsaken for the high places, and they were offering sacrifices to Baal. It was unbelievable. In the midst of that, the men of God, the prophets of God had been silenced. They had been stoned. They had been sentenced to cells. They were, they were, they were thrown out of the culture so that the voice of God would be silenced from the men of God. And in the midst of that mess, with all of that going on, Elijah, the prophet of God, stands right behind me. He stands in the midst of that mess and he makes a bold declaration that it was not going to rain until he said so. Now, people of God, it's time for us to stand and make some bold declarations that God is going to move, that the fire is going to fall, that we are going to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength of body, that we are not going to swim with the culture that is going away from God, that we're not going to be swayed by Hollywood or some other thing, but that we are going to be sold out to the God of heaven. See, that's what, that's what Elijah was trying to accomplish. And so he says, it's not going to rain, and it doesn't for three years. Imagine an agricultural community that lives on the crops and the herds and which lives on rain. So it's been three years, it has not rained. It's terrible. And, and they needed rain. In America and in many of our lives, we need the rain of God. Not just the rain, but we need the reign of God, the rule of God, the authority of God. And that's what Elijah was standing. He was a bold man of God. He knew he might be killed. He knew he was going against the culture, but he didn't care because he had a message from heaven and nothing was going to shut him up from that. At Faith Promise, that's what we need. We need God to bring His rain, God to bring His fire, God to bring His glory one more time. You know why? Because people are suffering. They're suffering from addictions. They're suffering from strongholds. They're suffering from sin, besetting sins. Families are falling apart. People are walking away from God. There's so many things in our culture that are there to draw us, to pull us away from heaven, that we need the fire of God one more time before Jesus comes back. And we know that He's coming back. That's what we need. So that's what's going on here. We need to see the captives freed. We need a 2 Chronicles 7.14. Solomon said that if my people that are called by my name in the midst of a mess like we live in, those, those people that are called by God's name would humble themselves and pray and seek God's face and turn from their wicked ways, then God would heal here from heaven and would heal our land. We need a revival. We need the fire of God. We need the passion, the blaze that our God is so able to accomplish. So for three years, it hasn't rained. Elijah has been gone. King Ahab has sent literally across all the kingdoms around and they had to swear that he was not there. 
because he was gonna kill Elijah. And so Elijah shows back up in the midst of all that stuff. Elijah was, was public enemy number one. He was number one on the top 10 most wanted. And he was going to be executed by the wicked king Ahab. He was looking for him. See, they blamed him for their suffering instead of their own sin. Isn't it so easy, come on church, to blame somebody else from your circumstances, to point to someone else and say, it's not my fault, it's, it's, it's not my fault that I'm where I am. Well, that's what they were doing. They were blaming Elijah instead of their own sin. Their own sin. Public enemy number one shows up after three years. And man, they were after this guy. And so Elijah comes back in, in a culture that's angry, as an enemy of the state, he is going to be executed on sight. The man of God shows up in the midst of that. He shows up and he challenges the, the king to go to that mountain right there, the top of Mount Carmel, to bring all the prophets of Baal, 450, and all of the prophets of the ashram, and they are there, and Elijah challenges them to a contest. You will cut, make a sacrifice, I'll make a sacrifice. You'll pray, I'll pray. And the God that answers by fire, he will be the God. And so that's the, that's the milieu that's going on. So three things that happen right there in 1 Kings 18. Three things with the fire of God. Number one, God shows up. How do, when, when, when does God show up? Listen, listen to this. God showed up when the man of God stood up. It's time for the people of God to stand, to love folks, to stand, to, to believe the fire of God is going to fall, to believe that God is going to move, to make bold statements and declarations of what we believe. See, Elijah went to the people and the people, he said, how long are you going to hesitate between two opinions? If God is God, serve him. Is Baal is God, serve him. But the Bible says that the people didn't say a word. Listen, listen, just don't, if you're listening, say I am. They were frozen on the fence of decision. Baal on one side, God on the other. And as the man of God thunders the word of God, they simply refused to speak. They were frozen on the fence. Right now, listen, some of you are frozen on the fence. You're looking at the world and all the things you want. You're looking over here at God and the things that he might do for you. And you're frozen, you're stuck, you're hesitating between two opinions. It is time to make a decision. And that's what Elijah says, it's time to make a decision. And so Elijah stands up and Elijah shows up. And when the people that serve God stand up, God shows up. Let me read it for you. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 36, at the time of the offering, and I wish we had an hour that we could set the whole scene for you of what's just happened with the prophets of Baal. They have cried, they've cut themselves, they have gone into a frenzy, but Baal doesn't answer. All day, matter of fact, it said the people ignored them. And then at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I'm your servant. And I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their heart back. See, you know why I want the fire of God to fall? So that we won't have churches as usual. You know, there's a lot of people sitting at Faith Promise this weekend that are not believers yet. 
But because there's no fire of God, because you look just like the people that are born again, it's hard to make a distinction. We need to know that God is God. And then the fire of God fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Listen, and when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And so Elijah wins the battle. But one of the things I'm gonna go back and just, it, it talked about earlier in 1 Kings 18, is the man of God showed up. Elijah, when he, he, he rebuilt the altar, can I tell you that architecture is easier than archaeology? See, it's easy to build something new, but it's difficult. See, Elijah went back and built the 12 stones representing the 12 tribes. He rebuilt the altar like God said, then had the bull cut up. Then it was ready. He said, pour the water on it. Well, now he's asking for fire to fall. And so why would he wet the wood? I believe he wet the wood because the most precious thing in Israel was not gold or silver. It was water. He sacrificed that which was most important to see the fire of God fall. What are you holding on to that's keeping the fire of God from blazing in your heart, in your home, in your marriage with your kids? What are you grabbing on to? Also, Elijah was clear. He knew what was going to happen. It would rain that day. The people are watching the water, licking their lips like we look at rich people. And we say, oh, if I just had what they had. When if you are a child of God, you have all of heaven and all of eternity. So Elijah wets it three times until there's a, there's a ditch around it. When the fire falls, it consumes the offering, licks up even the dust and the water. See, when God shows up, man, God makes a difference. So number one, when the fire falls, God will show up. Number two, when the fire falls, God will show out. See, God is limitless. He let the fire fell from heaven and consume the sacrifice. The things that you, you would love for God to do are so easy for God. There's nothing that you're thinking that you'd like for God to do that's hard for Him. You're, you may be in a situation that looks bad. I don't care how bad it looks. It's not too tough for God. Don't develop that terrible disease of grasshopperitis that the Israelites had when they first, when they first came into this this land of God and they said but they're giants and we're grasshoppers don't don't fall prey to that come on no matter how bad it looks when when the Israelites left left Egypt and they were at the Red Sea with a mountain on the right the left the Egyptian army behind them in the Red Sea they said we're dead listen I don't care how bad it looks God can still part the Red Sea when, when they threw Daniel in the lion's den because he refused not to pray into a hungry cave full of lions, there was no way he had a lion cover and a lion for a pillow. And when the king came early the, the next morning and said, oh, Daniel, was your God able? He said, oh, yes, king, my God's able. See, it doesn't matter how bad it looks. When they threw the three Hebrew teenagers into the fiery furnace, there was no hope. Even the guards were killed. Jesus showed up in the middle of the fire. Listen, our God can. When God shows up, God shows up. You don't have a problem too big for God. At Faith Promise, we have some needs, but God can light us, ignite us. God can move. God can, can draw. God can fill. And God can do everything that we need. But what we need is the fire of God to fall. Leonard Ravenhill said this, The reason the church doesn't have revival is because we're content to live without it. Now we have a generation that doesn't even know what it is. 
Well, I'm telling you, church as usual, people that don't know God can sit among us and feel like they're okay. But if the fire falls and the people of God catch fire, they'll say, oh, they've got something I don't have. That's why I'm praying for revival. That's why I'm asking for God to do for us what he did right there. As the man of God cried out, show them who's God. That's what I'm looking for God to do. So God shows up, God shows out, and then God shows forth. What happened? God shows up, they fall on their faces, and they cry out, the Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Hey, we need His fire. We need His glory. We need the breath of God. It's time, listen, it is time that we get unfrozen off the fence of indecision. It's time that we say that Jesus is Lord and I will stand for Him. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what people say. It doesn't matter what my family says. It doesn't matter what I have to give up. I want Jesus. I will stand for Him. He died for me. Nothing, nothing, nothing is going to keep me. Come on, church. Is somebody looking for the fire to fall? Is somebody hungry for God to move? Is somebody looking for God to light you up that you will be a city set upon a hill, that your good works to be done before men that they would see the God of heaven and glorify Him. That's why this series, that's why I wanted to shoot this first message right here in the land of God with the people of God. We need God to move. Oh God, would you do it one more time? What you did here, you can do there. What you've done before, you can do now. You're the God the same yesterday and today and forever. Your power never diminishes. Your glory is never tainted. And so, God, we are hungry. We are crying out. We are shouting. Out of 2 Chronicles 7, 14, we are your people called by your name. We're humbling ourselves. We're turning from our sin. We're seeking your face. Heal our lands. Heal our families. Heal our homes at every campus, at every location. God, God, even God behind bars campus, God, would you let the fire of God fall? Lord, do it again. One more time, we are hungry in Jesus' name. Come on, folks. That's why I've been a student of revival, because God can do in five minutes of His glory what we couldn't do in 50 years in our own power. Israel had walked away from God. There was no way to get them back. But when Elijah prayed the fire down, what happened? The people fell on their faces in worship. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Maybe you've never met this God. Maybe you're listening to this message and you've been to church and it's just been normal kind of deal, but you're beginning to sense a move in your spirit. You're beginning to feel that, hey, if, if God can do that, I, I want some of that. I'm not talking about Hollywood can produce. I'm not talking about the world can give. I'm talking about what God can do, igniting and electrifying our lives, our quiet times, our hearts and our families. Faith promise, this is a prayer that I've been praying for us every day for 21 years. God, let the fire fall. But if you're sitting there and you're saying, I, 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 man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I know God that way. If you're ready to open your heart up to God, He's ready for business. So right now at every campus, come on, Faith Promise, you know what it's time for. If you're ready for Jesus, would you just pray this prayer with us? Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. I confess you as Lord. I will live for you. Catch me on fire with your glory in Jesus' name. Now listen. 
what God just birthed is about this ember that he just did is about to be in this in this month of revival is going to be it's going to be blown into a blaze into an inferno you don't want to miss a message you don't want to miss what God is doing hey campus pastors listen you guys come on up hey every campus would you welcome your campus pastor you guys come on up and take over hey from Israel can I say this we love you and God loves you be blessed in Jesus name Boy, come on, man. We want God to move. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let the fire fall, God. Let the fire fall. Where it has fallen before, it can fall again. And so that's why we shot that message there. Because many of us, with thousands and thousands of people across all of our campuses this weekend at Faith Promise, many are sitting right dead in the middle of the fence of indecision trying to hold one hand into the world and one hand into the kingdom of God, trying to hold on to the word and learning it, trying to, to, to deal with this culture. God said in 1 John that if you are a friend of the world, you can't be his friend. You've got to make a choice. It's time to step off the fence. The church, the people that go, have we have just so adapted the culture to where we simply just don't look different anymore, do we? And I'm not talking about how we cut our hair. I'm not talking about how we dress. I'm talking about how we live. I'm talking about holiness and just boldness in God. Does this make sense? So let's think together for a minute. What would it look like for the fire of God to fall at Faith Promise Church? I want to take just a couple minutes and give you two thoughts or two ways. One, what would it look like for the fire of God to fall in your life personally? What, what difference would it make? Well, let, let me just give you a few things that I think would happen in your life. Number one, your passion for God would be reignited like it never has been before. Would y'all agree with that? There would be a blaze in your heart. There would be a passion for God. You would fall so deeply in love with God, and you would be so hungry for God. You would be hungry for the Word of God. You would be hungry to be in the house of God. You would be hungry to, to, to be involved in the worship of God. It wouldn't be that the average faith promised person would come every two or three weeks. It would be that the, we would just be here every weekend unless we're out of town. Amen? That every campus, every service just would be filled of the people that are hungry for God. And as, as we are just, just satiated with the Spirit of God, what would happen is boldness would increase in our lives. Does that make sense? We'd be bold for God. Now, if we could be honest, there are a lot of times you've wanted to invite someone to church or your small group or you've wanted to share Jesus with a neighbor or friend or, or someone at work, but come on, man, it just was a struggle. You know what I'm talking about? See, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem to the disciples until you're filled with power. Then you're going to be my witnesses. We try to be witnesses without the power of God. It simply doesn't work that way. We need the fire of God. And once we, once we, the, the fire begins to fall, then the gifts of God that he's given us, we'll want to use those in the house of God. Zeal would flow from you. It would, it would just be that you would be consumed with God. You say, what do I do at work? Yeah, you go to work. It's just a mission field. 
What about home, man? The Spirit of God would flood your house. What about my marriage? Holy moly, a Spirit-filled marriage? And maybe you think, well, I don't know about that, man. What about, you know, intimacy? Let me tell you, you let God get in there, it's better. Come on, it's better. And some of you guys saying, oh, wait a minute. Listen, he invented it. It's one of the reasons I worship him. Come on, y'all. Listen, man, y'all can be improved all you want to. I'm married. Amen. So let, let me, once, you, once you've got that fire, souls will matter. Heaven or hell for people will make a difference. When the fire of God falls, God will move be, from being a pastime or part-time to being prime time. Does that make sense? He'll, be the, he'll, he'll become the first thing in your family, the first thing in your generosity, the first thing in serving, the first thing in your calendar. As you think about what new activities you'll take on, the first question is, well, how will that affect our serving? How will that affect our worship? Instead of adding your, everything on your plate and then saying, is there any room left for God? And that, isn't that how tons of people at church live their life? And, and the problem is, see, there's no fire. So we need a personal revival. Would y'all agree with that? I mean, just the fire that, that Elijah prayed down. And then what would it look like publicly? A faith promise. What, what would it be like? Well, first thing is that we would just simply sail off the map of ministry. We'd be looking to open up new campuses and new services all the time. We say there's no more room at the Pellissippi Saturday night. We got another Saturday night. All the three services are filled on Sunday morning. When can we got another? Man, was we at Light Fair get up? It's going to be a whole new normal of launching campuses. I'm praying we start with a thousand in Farragut over there. And man, we just keep rocking. Man, we would sail off the map with souls. See, when, when God settles in, people just want to come watch us burn. The word will spread that God is doing something. When they find out God's in the house, they will tear the roof off to get in and see what God is doing because they need a touch from God. They need a word from God. They need to be healed from God. And so people will come. Every campus will be growing. Our God behind bars, listen, God has already let the fire fall at Bledsoe at our God behind bars so much that, that, that Morgan County called and said, we want you to be here. And we're talking about adding three more God behind bars. What's happening? The word is spreading. The word is spreading. So you guys at Morgan County, man, let the fire of God fall. Man, that's, sir, listen, fill that gymnasium up for the glory of God. Come on, somebody. Man, every camp is growing. Our kids just got back from camp. Can you imagine instead of going up and having to wake your kids up and drag them out of bed for school, you opening up the door and they're out, read that fourth grader's reading his Bible? Can you imagine not having to tell your kids to clean their room up because it's just done before you could ever say it? That'd be Holy Ghost, heaven sent. I'm talking about Pentecost too right there. When it, mom and dad? Our student ministries. Man, listen, the first view of pornography is eight years old in America. Man, so many of our students, our middle school and high schoolers that come, over 2,000 a month, many of their families are not involved with the church. The only, the only spiritual injection they get is when they come to a Wednesday night service with our student ministry. Can you imagine when, when the fire of God falls and those things explode? 
and it pours out into our weekend and, and the high schools begin to be changed, especially the Farragut campus. We'll be having, man, we'll be having worship dead on the middle of that high school campus. And with the recent suicides and all that's happened in Farragut, you think they need God to light a fire in that place? Man, come on. You say, but you know, man, Farragut, they got all kind of money. Listen, man, my, come on. Listen, we want to reach people with money and people without money. People with color, people without color. Man, we want to reach every tongue, every tribe, every nation. And so, man, now, and the fire of God falls, man, worship will be off the chain. Off the chain. Watch we'll it stop saying, can y'all guys calm down a little bit? Can you imagine the worship leaders where you can't even hear anymore because y'all are louder than they are? Man, people shouting, people worshiping God, giving their all, giving their God their best. Man, can you, see, that's what happened revival. Let me tell you, hell will be mad. Because see, hell will be exposed when the light of God lands. People will meet Jesus by the scads. Captives will be set free. Meth heads will be set free. People that are dealing with crack, people with pills, people that are dealing with lust and porn, people that are stuck in, in success and greed and business, men and women, people that are stuck, that are, that, that are addicted to alcohol. Man, people that are, that are in chains will be set free. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. We will walk in liberty. Man, our worship, listen, we'll lift Jesus so high, nobody in East Tennessee can miss him. That's why I'm praying for the fire to fall. I've seen it fall before. I've seen what God can do. We've got to, man, we're anointed. God is doing a radical work here, but we hadn't hit revival yet. Because let me tell you, when revival happens, man, people won't be straggling in. By the time service starts till about halfway through the sermon, they'll be lined up to get in the building before church starts. Does that make sense? Why? Because they don't want to miss a moment of the presence of God with their family. Corporate worship. That's what's going to happen. Nobody can miss him. God, we need the fire to fall. God, we need you to light this place up. God, we need you to light our hearts, our homes. Spirit of the living God, you fell the glory, the Shekinah, the Kabod, the weighty glory of God, the Ruach fell on that mountain on Carmel. And God, you can do it again. Would you land at every campus this weekend? Would you land at Bledsoe? Would you land at Morgan County? Would you land at Pellissippi on our internet? Would you land at Blunt? And would you land at North and Anderson? Would you land at Campbell County? God, would you land at every campus? Let the fire of God land so that the angels look over heaven and watch the bonfire that lights in us, all of us. So God, we ask you to move in glory and power. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, has it been good to be in the house of God this weekend? And come on, come on. Next weekend we'll be talking about Pentecost and the upper room. You don't want to miss it. Don't want to miss it. Now, if you prayed with that good-looking dude on the screen a few minutes ago, he's handsome, isn't he? Wow. If you, his wife needs to ought to be grateful. And, and 
But if you prayed a few minutes ago and you gave your heart to Jesus, if you're on the internet, you can go to our chat room or you can fill the communication card out. Somebody will be in touch with you. You can take the communication cards in front of you, fill them out, drop the offering box, or take them to the next steps area. If you've not been to the next steps experience, that means you've not finished the process of being a part of the core. That's who we count on. Man, this summer is the time to get that done. So check out our next steps. It's just exciting what God has done. Amen. Are you glad you're here? Are you glad, are you glad you came? So here's the deal. We're going to watch a short video and I got 30 seconds and we'll be done. Everyone has influence. You have influence. And every morning brings with it a simple invitation to engage the work before you, whatever your work is to do, with focus, with energy, with passion, in the big and small moments. But what is the point of all the work, the hard-won trust, the glorious splatters and strokes of progress, if it fades away, forgotten? This is why you put your hands to the work that will leave bold impressions long after you're done. So keep going. Bring us your teaching, your making, your building, your toiling, your parenting, your investing, your inspiring. These are your personal acts of leadership. This is your influence. Global Leadership Summit that's coming up in August. We do it every year. It's the most, most focused leadership thing that we do. And a lot of people say, hey, Pastor, I don't need to go to that because I'm not a leader. Leadership by definition is influence. Do we all have influence? Would, listen, would your marriage be better if you became better leaders? Would your family be better if you became better leaders as parents? Would our church be better if all of our leaders got better? Excuse me. Listen, then spend two days, if it's at all possible, if your boss will let you off, whatever, coming and getting better. I've been going to the leadership conference literally for almost 30 years, the Global Leadership Summit. Bill, uh, I meet with Bill once a year. It's an incredible deal. It's a simulcast. Last year, about 350,000 people globally were a part of that. And so, man, we would love for you to go. This weekend, there's a card in every other seat. We're going to pay part of that for you. No money goes to Faith Promise. Matter of fact, Faith Promise puts money in it. You guys, because of your generosity. And so if you would take that card, sign up this weekend. It's at our Blount County campus, our North campus, and also at our Pellissippi campus. Matter of fact, there are businesses that bring every single, all of their employees, their whole staff comes here. All of our staff will be a part of it. And so it will make you better. Some of the greatest thought leaders and leadership globally uh, we'll be here. And so if you can all do it, sign up this weekend it's at a decreased rate. Uh, there's, a, there's a code on that and we'll, we're going we're gonna to pay for part of that. And so Matt, I just want to challenge you. I, tip, I don't ask you to do a lot of things, but hey, I'm really asking you to go because you'll be better. And as your pastor, I want you to achieve your potential. Amen. Now, next week's 4th of July. Some of you will be on vacation. So glad you get to go. Get online, don't miss it, because we're going to be talking about Pentecost and the birth of the church and the fire of God falling. Because listen, do we want the fire of God to fall? 
Amen. Stay connected. We love you. Be blessed. See you guys next weekend.